Welcome to the Women in Music podcast. I'm Tara Summers. Sexual harassment and assault unfortunately pervade all areas of life, especially for women, and the music industry is no exception. In this episode, I'm back with guest radio consultant Heather Lee Stanley to discuss her experiences with sexual harassment and manipulation in the industry, as well as similar experiences of women musicians. I do want to warn listeners that this episode does feature mature themes and discussions of sexual assault, as this may be triggering for some, listeners' discretion is advised. Now, Heather, when we last spoke, you told me that you not only have over 22 years of experience in radio, but you also taught classes on radio and podcasting as a university professor. I think this gives you an interesting perspective on broadcasters at different experience levels in the field. Did you ever experience any sexual harassment while teaching radio classes? I did have one student back in the day who was very adamant he did not like working for a female. Um, He didn't last very long, let's just put it that way. (laughs) I would hope not. (laughs) And I did have one. He um, was very rude to a lot of the females on staff that were in other positions. He would go around and talk to other people and tell them, you know, she can't do anything to us. You make this decision. And they would be like, no, Heather said no. (laughs) There's a reason for it. And, uh, you know, we would have that issue. And then, of course, there was some um, sexual harassment that went on as well. And then once that happened, it was like, that's done. Because sexual harassment in the industry is rampant. Um, You know, when you see all these people on television, uh, in particular TV, but other places that have been, um, you know, because of the Me Too movement, have lost their jobs. And I remember uh, a, f- a friend on Facebook saying, oh, well, so-and-so lost their job, but now this person's also being accused. You know, that doesn't happen that often. And I almost commented, you're not a female in media. Yeah. that That is very, very common. And it is common with a lot of the men in that era. You know, a lot of them came from, you know, some of them had careers for 30, 40 years. It was a much different world when they started. And so I'm not saying like all media is that way. But yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's it's rampant. And when I finally was in a position of power, not to mention it's against again, Title IX regulations, um, I made a decision that that was not going to happen. So we actually had sexual harassment and Title IX training that was required of all the leaders. And I pulled the leaders aside. And they were like, well, he was joking about this. No, 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 that's not okay we're not going to allow this. And if you can't, you know, if you can't fix it, then I'm going to have to find people who can. And it completely changed the environment. But yeah, no, it it still happened. It still happened. Um, I don't think that's ever going to fully go away. Sadly enough, but yeah, it's getting better. <laughs> yeah, the idea of oh, if it's a joke, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that humor is just going to combat that. And it's going to make it okay. It's going to make it right. And it, it I'm just kidding. It doesn't make me any less uncomfortable when you say these things mm-hmm. I've experienced that as well and I mean unfortunately I agree I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon and I think that it's in every career in every aspect of our society it's just something that is just so prevalent it is and and it was um this one particular person was making females feel uncomfortable he would stand over them while they were doing their work mm. and then tell them they weren't doing it right and being rude and so they were coming to me because when they would talk to their friends The friends was like, oh, you know, you're just overreacting. He's just being nice. But as a female, I understood how that was definitely um, an issue. And so, um, you know, that was when we said, okay, you can't just say that, you know, you may think he's being nice, but that's not your decision to make. And that person near the end of their very short um, tenure at our (laughs) our college (laughs) radio station, um, 
my husband came up there because they wanted him to record something. My husband has also been in radio for years and he has his own voiceover business. So he came over to record and the person, that particular person actually took their arm and pushed me out of the way from being near the equipment. Mm. My husband, I gave him a look. I was like, no, 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 this is a student. Don't go there. Don't go there. But I mean, he's, oh, he was livid. Absolutely. Understandably. Right. It was like, okay, this is not just, you know, he treated, he treated my husband differently. And my husband noticed that. And it was like, that was just total disrespect. If I want to touch the equipment, I can. Yeah. From that one time, he yeah. he noticed that he was treated differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. That's so sad. But yeah, the way that, that he was taught to and the way that, you know, the interaction. And he just decided he's going to take his arm and just push me towards the back of the production lab. And it was like, oh, no, no, no. Mm. I would have pushed back, I think. Gender, gender notwithstanding. <laughs> I'm your boss. I outrank you. Uh, that's not cool. Yeah, and you said that something that people often told you, oh, they're just being nice. And mm -hmm. I've experienced that often, especially with the older men, because they, they're like, oh, he's just from a different generation. Mm -hmm. he, he's traditional. He's just being really friendly. You know, that I've, I've been told things like that. And that I don't care when you were born. I don't care what society was like for you. If I'm uncomfortable, then I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And using their old age as a justification for how they can treat you, it, it, it's absolutely wrong. And it, it's so prevalent. Mm -hmm. It's really unfortunate. And of course, this doesn't just happen to women in radio, but also the musicians whose songs we play on the radio. Artists such as Kesha and Lily Allen have come forward to share their stories of sexual assault, and for so long, it's just been swept under the rug by the industry. The Musicians' Union called for legislation to protect its members in 2019 after more than 350 people, predominantly women, contacted them detailing sexual harassment. Naomi Pohl, the deputy secretary of the Musicians' Union, told BBC News that about 85% of victims didn't report these incidents, because they didn't think that they would be listened to or believed. One woman who wished to remain anonymous complained of being sexually harassed while on tour by a high-profile individual to a major employer in the industry. This woman said she was one of 10 women reporting him, and yet no action was taken. She was told it was just lad culture by the person investigating her case. Lily Allen's own record label failed to act when she reported sexual harassment by an industry figure. Kesha couldn't even get out of her own contract with her accused abuser, producer, Dr. Luke, and is still in an ongoing defamation court case after having spoken out against him, the ultimate results of which remain to be seen. Sexual harassment is so prevalent in the music industry because of the culture of the music industry itself. Pulse said that it's a very informal working environment with late nights and alcohol consumption at gigs. Survivors are often unable to speak out because the consequences for their careers are so devastating. One of the biggest names to have spoken out on her experience has been Taylor Swift. When she was touring for, I believe it was her Red album, she was really young and she had been sexually assaulted by a country radio DJ. Mm -hmm. And when she finally came forward and talked about that, he tried to sue her for slander mm -hmm. and, and, and for damaging his, his name and all that. Because he, he had lost his job and he was facing backlash, obviously, for sexually assaulting this young woman. He had put his hand underneath her skirt while they were posing for a photo at the radio mm -hmm. station. And she countersued him for a total of $1 mm -hmm. just to make a point. Right. That has went so far for her, and it is it is shed light on that that whole issue. And it is so inspiring. It, it's that $1 has become a symbol in her music videos. 
it has been a talking point. She's talked about it in concerts where she's she has a song called Clean. And it's kind of, to me, I think it has a double meaning of, of feeling like you've cleaned yourself of this relationship that you once had and you're moving forward. And she went and while she was touring at one point, she had talked about that incident and about that lawsuit and about how horrible she felt sitting in that courtroom and having to pr- tell people what had happened and then not believe her and look at her like she was lying and how small she felt in that moment. Mm-hmm. And she would go into that and then she would start singing that song about feeling finally clean. And I that was just such a powerful thing, I think, for so many women to see because obviously sexual assault is not limited to radio or any industry. It is mm-hmm. something that is so prevalent for so, so many women of all ages. And I think that she touched a lot of people when she had talked about that. And it makes me wonder too, how many times had that happened for other women? Mm-hmm. He did it <clears throat> when he wasn't, they weren't even the only two in the photo. There was another woman standing next to them. He had witnesses. Yeah. And, and even with those witnesses statements, they did not believe her. And they, she had to really just fight just to prove that she was telling the truth there. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, um, you know, when it happened, I was like, I could see that. I'm not saying it happened or not. I'm just saying I can't see that happening. Um, and the reason why is because, um, you know, you've heard, probably heard the term casting couch. Mm. Um, I know of a lot of instances. Really? A lot of instances where... There were women who basically, um, it was a quid pro quo kind of thing where they had to basically, you know, sleep with whoever was in charge at that time to get on air or to same thing with artists, because that's one thing Hart talks about, you know, both of the sisters talk about Mm. is that they would say, we'll put your song on the air if you'll sleep with me. So, I mean, it's not, that's kind of where... You know, like I said, similar with like television, you you've heard these stories before. And those happen, and I have been sexually harassed on three different occasions. So yeah, it happens. One was a clear quid pro quo, and it was like that's not happening, and I lost my job, and it was just yeah for did, for saying something or for just for no for saying I'm not going to do that. And I had a relative that was working for that radio station too at the time. And it was uh, it was not a station here locally. And they said, basically, well, you know, your relative will lose a job, too, because I only hired her because I wanted you aboard. And and then you deal with the jokes that mm. occur and, um, you know, how do you react to those and, and do you react to those? And there was just so many discussions. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm still taken aback by you by you talking about the sexual harassment that. <laughs> The amount of manipulation that that goes on behind closed doors that just does not get talked about is is unreal. He wanted to show me his other stations, which were like in a different county. Oh, I wondered why we were taking the back way when the. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I should have thrown. Of course, I was twenty two, maybe mm. twenty three years old. And, uh, you know, we were just talking all of a sudden he decided to make a move. And I was like, Mm-mm, that's not going to happen. Mm. And I was like, I will walk. My husband looks at that because he knew about it at the time we were dating. And um, it's funny because he says, you know, you could have been left for dead. He could have killed you out there and tracked you into the woods. He's like, what were you thinking? I was like, I didn't know that we were going to go that route, first of all. And uh, fortunately, I think, but at that time, I didn't think about it. I was like, Mm-mm, this is not happening. 
and you're going to take, I said, you're going to, uh, you're going to take me back to my car and I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. That. And then I lost my job the next day. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I, I wish I knew what to say in response to that, but, <laughs> but that is just so unbelievably wrong. And how long ago was that? If you're willing to say, well, let's see, I'm 42 now. So that was about 20 years ago. Goodness gracious, it doesn't seem that long. <laughs> but yeah, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. So you were my age then when mm-hmm. that happened. I was, yeah. That's so scary. And that wasn't the first time that I had been sexually harassed. That was just mm-hmm. probably the most blatant form of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's also, you know, like I said, you live with comments, whether they're direct, like women can't, you know, women chase off clients. People don't want to buy yeah. a, a woman's voices on the air. To... People making um, just absurd. Everyone was obsessed with my dating life. At the time, it was just annoying because I had a lot of male friends. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm in a predominantly male industry. You know, I had a lot of male friends and I apparently was dating every single one of them. And it just became like fodder for discussion. I mean, I did eventually marry one of them, but still it wasn't like a, you know, (laughs) that was a whole different story altogether. And, And we... We got together after I had left the station. So it was a whole big different thing. But um, I could just hear my husband in my head right now. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was a, a big discussion. I look back on that now and I'm appalled by that mm-hmm. because it is a form of sexual harassment, whether people realize it or not. Where we weren't talking about how many women the men were with. Mm-hmm. That's that's always something I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Just like even in the tabloids, if you look at, at what people are focusing on about women musicians, it's always about who are they with, like what's their dating life, and and you know paparazzi's would even go and chase women musicians around, especially like pop musicians, and ask them like, did you guys sleep together? What mm-hmm. like when when they would see them, it, it, as though that was the, that were their business. Um, but it, that in itself is wrong. But they were never asking the men those questions or if Mm -hmm. they were it was because i know i i saw the britney documentary Mm -hmm. and and they you know they asked justin timberlake on that on a radio show and they had asked him and the tone that was when they would ask him that was Mm -hmm. did you get her because that would make you more of a man and that would be impressive Mm -hmm. whereas the woman doing that it, it would be oh you're you know you're a whore you're well, diane sawyer i love diane sawyer i'm looking at her in a little bit of a different light mm. after seeing that interview she did with britney where she did that she yeah. shamed britney yeah uh, for you know well maybe mothers don't want your, their children to listen to you because of this and it was really upsetting to see someone like i mean everyone's definition i guess of feminism is different mm. you know diane sawyer was during a time when there weren't a lot of women mm-hmm. that were in media at that time and so it's kind of weird to see someone who is such a trailblazer, you know, picking on this young woman who was, what, she was 20 at the time, I think? Yeah, she was really young. She was really young, 2021. 20, and it was, it was seeing that now, it's like, wow. But at the time, it didn't occur to me because not necessarily in her defense, but that is how stories were handled. Mm-hmm. You know, this is after, um, you know, Michael Jackson and after the first incident of him going to court for potentially harming a child. And that was, you know, at that time, all of a sudden everything became 
OJ. Remember OJ yeah. Simpson? And so news started becoming way more fixated on entertainment industry. And so during that time, that was what you did. Mm-hmm. Make them break down because that's what's going to get views. Right, right. And it was just now we look at it and it's cruel. So it just shows you how society has shifted mm-hmm. in that amount of time. I don't know if Diane Sawyer ever issued an apology mm. or a response. I hope so. Because it makes it a little bit easier to say, okay, I was doing what everyone else was doing. And now I look back and realize that yeah. I wouldn't do that now. You know, but it's, yeah, it's a much different thing. And then when you're in a work environment, it's like, why does, if I'm dating someone or not, why does it matter? So back on the sexual harassment, mm-hmm. um, were, did you ever experience grooming, you think? Uh, when you, especially when you were younger in radio, mm-hmm. like that one instance that you had talked about prior to that like was it was it gradual or Mm -mm. it was it was out of the blue Mm. I didn't have issues with grooming it generally wasn't to that extent Mm. I ask because I have right and and I you know I was had to think about it it was like was there you know something I missed and it is possible that I wasn't paying attention again I was young so Mm. You know, I wasn't reading between the lines, but yeah, yeah, that, no, that didn't happen as far as I recall. Yeah. It's something that I think for me being so naive and just gullible, it went right over my head. And then Mm -hmm. now looking back, I'm like, "Um, well, (laughs) (laughs) and I've asked people without giving a lot of background knowledge and just asking for just like an unbiased, what do you say? They'd be like, no, that's weird. That's, that doesn't make sense. And then mm-hmm. other people, I would get that response that I had talked about earlier of, oh, that that's just, they're just being nice. It's just they're older, you know, or they're lonely. Like, mm-hmm. that's an excuse. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're lonely. That Why does that justify you being able to, like, prey on a young girl who's fresh into the industry? But And it was strange because I would always attract people that were older. Mm. Me too. 20 years or plus, you know, and yeah. it was, and, and it would be interesting because I, I would, again, I had male friends, we would go out to eat or whatever. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden one of them would be like, Hey, let's start dating. No, <laughs> no, I'm not interested. And I was that blunt. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I was that blunt. Cause I was just like, no, I just, no, you know, we could be friends, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I mean. But yeah, I know I, I, I didn't have any, any grooming, but uh, I, again, speaking from my experience, I could see where maybe that's happened to, to, you know, other women. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with me. It's so important to call attention to these issues. And I believe that doing so can help us improve the music industry and make it a safer place for everyone, especially women. And thank you all out there for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast and turn on your notifications so that you can stay updated on all things women in music. Until next time, this has been Tara Summers. <laughs>